Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blunt Movie Talk, the podcast. Um, yeah, it's just good to be back with you guys. I always enjoy doing this show. Um, it's funny, I'm gonna stop actually putting what episode, like, oh, this is episode seven, because eventually the number's just gonna probably get too high, depending on how long I do this. But, um, Last night, I actually recorded an episode, and tonight I was like, oh, the missus had some uh, schoolwork she has to finish up, and so, um, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, um, I decided to record another episode, um, I need to listen to the one I filmed last night back, um, that one, which I'll probably go into, was about movie endings all in general today, um, if one before this one uh gets and today's episode i decided will be about music um i actually got the idea wanted to really talk about music because um as much as i love movies i love music too and i think a huge part of any movie and it could hurt or break a movie is the music choice and the score and everything um like christopher nolan uh he usually teams up with hans zimmer and they create iconic sounds like, um, for instance, Heath Ledger's Joker, the, the, the slow screeching violin, uh, to every time he comes into a room, uh, excuse me. Uh, I brought water down today. I was smart enough. Yay. Um, I don't have as many notes. Um, I didn't have any notes, uh, yesterday when I was recording, I had like an article to talk about and I was mostly just going off memory. And today I actually have, uh, some list of movie soundtracks that are overall good, but then I want to talk about scenes that were made just perfectly by a song, um, and that can happen in just the weirdest possible way. Like I, I've actually a lot of music I have on my Spotify is uh, a big part of um, just watching a movie and seeing that song pop up and it. It just, it made the scene have a deeper meaning to it, and it, it just, I don't know, when you can make a scene correctly and you have that right song, it it makes a world of fucking difference. Um, but, uh, yeah, the the weird part I also want to talk about is actually not about movies. It It is a, okay, this this song, it's Steal My, uh, Steal My Sunshine by uh, Len, I think it is, yeah, and... I was listening to it, and uh, obviously I was fucking stoned, because that's also some of the best music I find is after I smoke, too. So there's benefits to people. It makes movies maybe even more interesting, maybe more terrifying. I don't know. It depends on how you handle yourself. And um, uh, this song in particular, though, Steal My Sunshine, before I um, lose myself here, because I, I felt myself going off track. Um, Steal My Sunshine, I always, sunshine, shun, sun, sunshine, anyway, okay, bloop, <laughs> um, Steal My Sunshine always reminds me of movies from the late 90s, because as much as we love the 90s, they also kind of, the style back then was fucking awful, like, when we watch, like, movies that were actually made in the 90s, not, like, something made today, and they have everybody dressed up, like, oh, what the fuck? 
sorry, my sight got all wonky there. Um, but yeah, it I, it always reminds me of those '90s movies because they're so fucking cringeworthy. Like the late '90s, early 2000s have some of the worst movies just because of this. It was this awkward time where the '90s was trying to evolve from how the 80s were with a lot of special or not so many special effects but practical effects and then the cgi thing started happening um but yeah i was listening to it and what really i i I don't know why i was fucking triggered by this they purposely the song doesn't make a lick of fucking sense for the first part it has like that i love the little or whatever the fucking back i would play it for you guys but um i I, again if anyone happens to come upon this podcast and i play a song without you know the rights to use it that could be bad on my part it's not like i don't know it's a fucking podcast i'm not like part of a government thing with the grace fucking security or something um but anyway um uh steal my sunshine by lynn um I'm going to read the first part. It's sung by a man and woman, and they're like talk, singing really slow. But for some weird reason, when they wrote the song, they have the very first part, which I guess the song is like about someone dealing with depression. But they have the very first part. And I'm going to read the man's part first, and then the woman's part that comes after the chorus. I was lying on the grass of Sunday morning of last week, indulging in my self-defeat. And then she says, I was frying on the bench side in the park across the street, L-A-T-E-R that week. They, they, the, when they were writing, they were like, the, these parts have to sound super fucking similar, man. Like, it, it doesn't matter if it's not anything that makes sense. I get she's tanning, um, but they physically were like, we have to have that same kind of, uh, tone and, uh, um. Uh, I can use fucking right terminologies right now, but pretty much they wanted that um, pattern in there. And then after that, she goes, he goes, um, my mind was thugged, all laced and bugged, all twisted, wrong and beat, a comfortable three feet deep. And then she goes, my sticky paws were into making straws out of big, fat, slurpy treats an incredible eight-foot heap. And as you can see, it just stops making fucking sense. Like, I'm sitting there, and the song just makes me mad now because I just think, like, did you guys just try to make the most confusing sentence of, she got a fucking Slurpee. She got a 64-ounce at the uh, uh, the 7-Eleven or some shit. But I, I wanted to share that with you guys, even though this is a movie podcast. It's, it is a song that reminds me of all late 90s, 2000s movies. Ah, oh, shit. Just had a fucking buzz in my ear. <laughs> Testing. Let me make sure. Okay, we're still recording. We're okay. This is the second time I've had issues with uh, my shit here. Okay. Uh, let's talk about music and movies. Ah, oh, I'm getting that fucking feedback thing again. Okay, I know. Give me one second here, folks. I'm going to do something. Alright, sorry about that, folks. It got really weird there for a second. Um, Anywho, uh, yeah, music is such a big part of movies, and there are movies I love strictly because of how perfect the soundtrack was. One of those movies I can name right off the back of my hand, Dazed and Confused. I'm huge into, like, 70s and 80s music, and that soundtrack was just 
fucking great and it works so well with the scenes that were used um it uh actually i can't say it brought me to alice cooper because friday 13th films actually brought me to uh, alice cooper because i believe it's the sixth or seventh i think it's the sixth film he does pretty much no it was the seventh nah i can't fucking remember anyway he does like the soundtrack for an entire friday the 13th movie and it brought the song uh, the man behind the mask which i think is one of his most underrated songs i never hear people talk about that song but it's fucking fantastic um but anyway, um, let's talk, we're going to talk about more, like, specific, let's talk about some scenes, music that either hurt or helped a scene. I have actually Screen Rant's 15 perfect music choices that made a movie scene. I have a few in mind that I can think of at the moment, but um, I want to see what they say. I haven't looked at this list. I wanted to experience with you guys. Um, oh, Freebird and Kingsman Secret Service. Yes. Um, when... Harry is going crazy because the that um it's a uh high frequency noise starts making people go violent and they do I you can tell it's not completely one uh take shot but they try they took that risk and again very first episode I talked about I loved how 1917 took risks of that and it came out perfectly and they did this as well in the freebird because how that song builds up it's very slow at first and <laughs> It, it definitely has a buildup, just like that entire scene does. So when he explodes, you can it goes so perfectly for the part of Free Bird where it just gets very f- like rock and roll. Um, I can't talk about that one. Won't even mention it. I need to. Ooh, Gangs of New York is on here. I haven't watched that in forever, but I don't remember that song chose chosen um saturday night fever opening is staying alive you know that's iconic it's been parodied a lot of time um kill bill the kill bill films both of them have perfect soundtracks because a lot of people don't realize kill bill volume one and kill bill volume two if you watch them they're clearly different that was because volume one was more of the uh samurai revenge films a lot uh very in the style of um lady snowblood and then um, you had the Spaghetti Western with the Volume 2. And um, which is funny because in Volume 2, we actually see more of her training, which is more in the um, the karate. Yeah, China. No. Kung Fu? Karate? They, they belong to certain regions. That's why I get just confused myself. But anyway... Um, Especially like they had the, um, I I wish I could remember the titles. Um, I know they do one song in the office. Uh, I can't remember what the song is, but when she's fighting the crazy 88, that song fits so perfectly for that fucking scene. And every song really went well throughout that movie. And Quentin Tarantino, uh, again, we're, (laughs) I'm going to have an episode about him, but I love his soundtracks. Every film um, always has a, just a real great soundtrack attached, and I think it really helps uh, push his... I mean, who... Nobody can ever forget Stuck in the Middle with You and um, Mr. Blonde cutting off Marvin Nash's ear. Like, that's an iconic scene. Still parodied, still talk about. Michael Madison actually recently... 
uh, did a video of him like recreating it, going around his house and all his family. None of them have their ears. Uh, Ride of the Valkyries and Apocalypse Now, but also, unless I'm remembering this wrong, the end scene when um, when uh, Martin Sheen's coming out of the mud. I th- I believe it's this is the end by the Doors playing through the entire ending, and that also fucking fits. Uh, but right at the Valkyries when the during the helicopter raid, that's I think that's really what helped that song um, be even uh, bigger than it bit bigger than it was. Oh, times are changing with the Watchmen. Yes, Watchmen also had a fantastic soundtrack. I love the sounds of silence. And okay, this is like one of those Mandela effects things. And it might be because like every copy I've owned of the Watchmen is always the director's cut. When I remember seeing it in theaters, every time they cut back to the funeral for the comedian, they always had the sounds of silence playing. But when I watched the director's cut, or I think I even watched one on HBO, um, that song gets cut off and they never actually play it again. But I remember watching that in theaters and they played the sounds of silence and i've always loved that song and i know like it's part of the ending of the graduate um and that also fits right there because um they're very silent in that scene because they don't they're kind of just driving into unknown territory and they both look terrified and frightened like oh my god did we just make a mistake ah my automatic level control was off this probably sounds like a rookie move but i Guys, I'm fucking high. I can't control this shit. Um, um, but yeah, Watchmen had a great soundtrack, and it, and then when uh, Hallelujah, when um, uh, Night Owl two and Silk Spectra two um, get together, and uh, is it Percy? No, it's not that. Oh god, I can't fucking think. But Watchmen had a fantastic uh soundtrack, and again. Uh, I might have stayed this before. I will defend a lot of Zack Snyder films because I remember when they first came out, these were one of these fond memories where they did well and people loved it. And then all of a sudden it became not a thing to like. And then all of a sudden you have a lot of people that talk about how fantastic uh, comic book adaptation it is, uh, depending who they are. Some people just want to sound like uh, know-it-all pricks that are like, it'll never be good as the original. We're going to have an episode about adaptations, and I'm going to discuss why when you go to a movie about a book or a comic book, you have to kind of be willing to lose some of the story. I've been re-listening to the Harry Potter novels when I work, and um, I'm on Goblet of Fire now, and I forgot how much of the story that I remembered they took out was in Goblet of Fire, but if they put all that stuff into the Goblet of Fire, that movie would have been insanely long, and um, I think they did fine with it, but again, that's for a different episode. But uh, yeah, Watchmen, I I loved it, and I love the soundtrack to it. Uh, I don't know that. Ooh. I need to actually watch that. Uh, Fight Club. Oh, yeah. Where's my mind at the end of Fight Club? Again, perfect choice for a song in that ending scene. Um, I don't know why the Breakfast Club... There's still five, four left after this one. But um, let's. you know what? Before I get into things, Matrix, Neo speech... Oh, Regiment Against Machines, Wake Up. Yeah, and we talked... In the episode I recorded about this... Uh, the guy said he hated the ending, but I thought the first one had a great ending because 
I, and they talked about because they didn't like the love story, but it's like that's going to happen in these films. In a lot of films, there's always going to be some sort of love story. Ooh, sorry, folks. Need a drink. But Rage Against the Machines really about being. They're very, you know, obviously against the system. So that song, Wake Up, and it's Neo walking through the Matrix, and he was woken up. It just fit really well. Uh, Drive. Ooh, Drive is a great movie. Oh, my love. Driver spots. Okay, yeah, no, that's a great scene. Uh, I didn't see that movie. And Oh, of course, uh... 2001 has an overall great soundtrack. Um, the thing I respect mostly about that film is that, man, that list was fucking far off. There's a lot of scenes they completely did not mention. Um, but we're going to get into it, folks, because this is what this podcast is about. It's the Movie Lovers Podcast here, or it's just people want to listen to some high dude fucking talk about movies. Um but hopefully, like, this helps you guys broaden your horizons. I We talked about Beetlejuice in an episode. Beetlejuice, uh, the Banana Boat song would not be where it was today or used in memes if it wasn't for Beetlejuice and that whole entire scene. Um, Henry Belevante, pro- I know, he, he's great. He's great. Okay, anyway, uh, I'm actually just now... Oh, um, the big, the songs they play on that piano, those scenes were made great because that whole piano thing and it's an entertaining scene everyone remembers that about big is the piano scene um but uh they didn't mention the breakfast club there uh great soundtrack to that but you know you have don't you forget about me the anthem of that that the main song for that whole movie and john bender at the end when brian's reading that letter and he throws his fist into the air that's an iconic fucking scene um and i don't get why it's not on that list also um the rocky soundtrack one of the best ever and um learn to fly now i think it's the title fly now i i love the rocky movies i should better better memorize this but like his whole training but i'm gonna actually jump here and go to rocky 4 i fucking love the rocky 4 soundtrack the greatest like sports 80s song and i i was just listening to in the burning heart that song fucking pumps you up man um but no that every song for rocky 4 is perfect for that um i'm actually one of the few people that hates the eye of the tiger (gasps) I can't afford special. Uh, I want to get some sound bits in here for you. There's sometimes when I load uh, audio on here, either music or like a special effects noise, it will speed up and I can't figure out how to slow that down. But I would have like to have just some more fun here. And I definitely want to get some more people on the phone to talk about stuff. Um, I might talk about the Batman one soon with uh, Cody again. Um, but uh, I'm going to talk to my brother about possibly doing some with me. But again... That's for when we get there. Um, good and the bad and the ugly. Like, everyone knows, you know, the... Like, everybody knows that fucking song. And it's always incorporated with Clint Eastwood because... And the good and the bad and the ugly. And it deserves so. Actually, I really love For, uh, for a Few Dollars More. They have a song that plays during the last shootout of that's, uh, that film as well. And... That, again, great soundtracks. These songs make scenes. Um, 
um, with Us, the movie Us, uh, five on it became creepier, and it was a uh, that song comes out through the ending when you're making the connection that who the of who these people are and what they are trying to accomplish there. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely one of those uh, scenes you just absolutely when you hear that song. That's that's a big thing. A song is truly effective in a film if when you hear it, your mind goes back to that moment. Um, I don't know if how many people watched the movie Booksmart. It was directed by Olivia Wilde. Uh, had um, Jonah Hill's sister in it and um, the girl from Last Man Standing. I can't think of either of their names right now. Uh, Fieldstein? Bernstein. Ooh, I think that's her last name. Anyway, uh, let's go on. That has a really great soundtrack, and there's a part where... Um, ah, God. I'm going to have to look at... Annie? I think her name's Annie. Let me... I'm going to look this up real quick here, folks. But um, there's a part where... Oh, my God. Just give me fucking names. Uh, okay, I'm going to just hit the IMDb, IMDB link here so I can get some... Caitlin Dever. Caitlin Dever plays Amy and Benny Feinstein. Is it Benny? Either way, they're they're fun and I, they actually have friendship goals that the way they support each other is how everyone should fucking go into a friendship. But um, Amy jumps into the pool because she likes this girl, and uh, they have this song on there. And I downloaded the song because the scene was so great and it just. I don't, it just made that scene even better, because if you put a weird song in there, it would have been awful. Um, oh, God. Sorry, folks. Um, the James Bond theme, of course, that's very iconic. Um, soundtrack. Star Wars. Star Wars has some of the most, um, we're, we're kind of into movie scores with that, but um, Star Wars has one of the greatest soundtracks and things of all time. Um, My Heart Will Go On fits really well into the Titanic films. Um, I have a buddy out there, and uh, he really loves Titanic, so I, I think he'd appreciate that. What up, bud? Um, trying to look around here because I'm talking <laughs> really fucking fast, uh, faster than I wanted to. Um, man, Kill Bill really does have a great soundtrack. Uh, I'm trying to not think of, because my mind keeps reverting back to musicals, which uh, I don't, want that at the moment um uh perks of being a wallflower um heroes for the tunnel scene i forget what the song's different in the book but um the heroes used in that is perfectly done every time i hear heroes now i always think and it has to be david bowie's heroes i always think of that moment and then um come on eileen which is kind of weird um I also think about that movie because it's the part where Charlie's kind of coming out of his shell a little bit at the school dance. Um, and again, I always think of that. My mind always goes back to that. Um, ooh, another fucking scene they do not mention is um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World. I don't know why I didn't fucking mention this before. Um, perfect fucking use of that song. And it was used in such a way that it really set the tone for what this movie was about to be uh, about and how it plays out and uh they couldn't have chose a better uh song for that moment uh, 
Sorry, I'm trying to move away from the microphone when I have to sniff real bad. Um, oh, man. There's so many great songs. And I'm trying... Oh, God. I should have wrote more down. Sorry, folks. Actually, you know what? Until I can, like, get my mind a little... We're going to talk about movie soundtracks because I'm trying to find individual songs, but I keep going back to uh, the soundtrack of a lot of movies. And... Um, Ah, sorry. Um, uh, I keep thinking of soundtracks now, because there's a lot of, like, solid soundtracks out there. As Ben Wyatt once said, once said he think, he feels um, soundtracks are your favorite directors making a personal playlist just for you. <laughs> but uh, let's look into this. It's the 50 greatest soundtracks of all time, and... Judgment Nights on here. Uh, I can't remember that movie that way. High Fidelity has a great soundtrack. Um, and um, the shine sound the Shining soundtrack so effective. Um, I love Doctor Sleep. By the way, I want to actually. I think I'm going to talk about Stephen King a lot in the adaptation because I love Stephen King novels. But The Shining did have a very effective soundtrack to it. Um, I'm just going through Black Panther. Black Panther's soundtrack was fantastic, but so wasn't Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I love that soundtrack. Um, sorry, folks. I I've gotta scroll through here. Midnight Midnight Cowboy. Um, everybody talking. The that's that's like the one song known for that when they're and then um, they have the scene with uh, I'm walking here. And fun fact for you, that scene with Al Pacino. Um, he stayed in character, but that person wasn't supposed to go yet, and they were they were just someone angry on the day of filming. So keeping in character, he improvised the "I'm walking here" and it's considered one of the best lines in uh, movie history. I just looked over. Oh, Jeff, who lives at home? That's a movie no one's seen. Uh, it has um, Andy Bernard and uh, Jason Segel. Um, I can't think of the Ed Helms. And, um, they play brothers and it's about, uh, Jason Siegel's character kind of having this weird day. It all revolves around the movie Signs, which they, they use music from Psycho at some point, I believe. Or is that the Sixth Sense that uses it? He, there's a, there's a movie of his where they use the, the Psycho theme and it actually is really well done and effective, but, um. There's there's music in the opening credits that just always made me really happy feeling. I've I always just really liked uh the opening credit song for or the it's a uh, opening credits just like this kind of I don't know xylophone maybe <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, Bumblebee had a good soundtrack. I really actually like Bumblebee. Oh, and um actually weirdly enough I think a really good use of the there was a Lincoln Park song I can't. Um, remember it, but they use it a lot in Dark of the Moon, and that's because it starts out really like slow, sad sounding, and every time there's a fucking cheesy part, you know they they always play that music. Oh, excuse me, play that music again. All right, uh, Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind. Another great soundtrack, um, very heavy indie movie. 
Um, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, we already talked about that. Clueless, Clueless, again, one of those, that's a movie that reminds me of the Steal My Sunshine. But it does have a really great soundtrack in that it's very well used throughout there. I'm Not There is a Bob Dylan uh, biopic and he he's played by like several people in it, but that one's all dazed and confused. We already discussed dazed and confused. I love that fucking soundtrack. The Graduate again. We talked about that already. Um, a Hard Day's Night, of course. You know The Crow. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna get shit for this. I don't like whiny sounding. What just fell from my fucking ceiling here? Damn dogs. Anyway, I love my dogs. I know I complain about them. But um, they... It was during 94, so grunge was really big. And I'm not a big grunge guy. I don't like when the singer sounds overly whiny. Um, Even though I probably sound fucking whiny. Pretty in Pink is also good. Goodfellas. Oh my god. How could I forget about Goodfellas? Goodfellas, they use a lot of songs from the periods of the movie. And it's always great. I remember... um. A lot of people don't know the ending part of Layla because it's not just the guitar part the whole time. It gets into this like slow piano part with the guitar going through it. And they use that in the movie when I think everyone is being either arrested or it's after Joe Pesci gets whacked. I can't remember. I have to rewatch that. It's been a long time. But I think they had excellent use of... Um, the music, oh yeah, the, the they talked about Layla, uh, Life of the Aquatic with Steve Zissou, they used a lot of um, David Bowie for that, um, and I liked it, but I don't, I can't, I, when I hear David Bowie songs, even though I like the Life of the Aquatic with Steve Zissou, I don't instantly think of that movie, again, if I hear David Bowie's Heroes, I always go back to um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Ah, this is Spinal Tap is classic. It's a rockumentary of a fake band. Um, Apocalypse Now, the again Friday. Friday had a great soundtrack. Um, of course, I haven't seen it on here yet. Which Pulp Fiction? But again, Pulp Fiction. There's so many songs used in that film, and there's and weirdly like they shouldn't be perfect where they're at, but. Um, when I ever hear any version of You'll Be a Woman Soon, I always think of Uma Thurman dancing and doing the line of uh, heroin, uh, thinking it was cocaine, and the whole uh, needle in the chest part. Um, then there's uh, Counting Flowers on the Wall, the Captain Gangaroo song, when Bruce Willis runs to Marcellus Wallace. And then, of course... The fucking theme song of Pulp Fiction. Very well-known song. You always think of... Uh, I always think of Samuel Jackson. and Which, a funny, great use of it is in Space Jam. When um, they're like... They drink Michael's secret stuff. And one part, it's Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam are dressed as Samuel Jackson and Joel Travolta from Pulp Fiction. With that song playing in the background. Um, oh, there's so many good, even like the easy writer. I, ha and I have that song saved. 
the Easy Rider song at the very end of the movie when they're leaving the shop. It's a weird, it's like such a chilled kind of song, but I instantly just think about the ending of Pulp Fiction and it makes me always wonder, like, there's theories about what happened to, because we know what happened to Charles Travolta, he gets fucking blown away. But what happened to Sam Jack, what happened to Jules? That's what I want to know. Um, Beatles soundtrack, Rushmore. I don't remember Rushmore that well. Lost Translation's a great film that has Do the Right Things on here. 2001 again, both those great. Uh, I haven't seen that. Haven't seen that. Purple Rain. Purple Rain has a great soundtrack. Little Red Corvette is like one of my all-time favorite songs. It's just I don't know. It's a fun song. Uh, Superfly. I've wanted to see that, but I have not. Man, that list was. I went through that list way too fast, guys. Um, man. All right. Yeah. But uh, as you see, um. I, as much as I love talking about movies, I love talking about music as much. I have a buddy that I used to work with, and oh, the perfect Napoleon Dynamite has a very good soundtrack. I always, when I hear um, Forever Young, I always instantly think of the dance where he's with um, Deb dancing, and um, <laughs> that one's one, and that's going to turn out real nice. I used to fucking, uh, my buddy could always do a solid Napoleon Dynamite, and uh, I'm told I can do a pretty good kip. Uh, I can try it out. Uh, it probably won't sound as good over this microphone, but it's, um, God, it's, Jesus, Napoleon, you're just jealous that you're stuck in school all day while I'm home talking to hot chicks online. Um, your mom goes to college. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I feel like it sounds so bad over the moker, microphone, microphone, microphone. And then one of my favorite lines from Napoleon Dynamite I quote all the time is, I bet I could still f- throw pigskin over the mountains. <laughs> Gina, come get your dinner, you fat lard. I can't do that, real. I, I also love Rex Quando, like, you think I go home to Dara looking like Peter Pan over here? I love that's a great fucking he's a great character actor. Um he was on the Drew Carey show for years and he does a lot of Kevin Smith films now. He makes cameos in those and of course Mike Judge. Um fun fact, uh and I found this out not that long ago. Tom Petty did the voice of Luann's boyfriend in, towards the end of this uh Bucky. No, Bucky was the first boyfriend. Uh Lucky. Lucky. Bucky Lucky. That's lazy. Anyway, um, but uh, oh my god, where the fuck did I go, guys? I, I, oh no, oh shit. And that's okay. That's fuck. Fuck it. Um, I, I really want to know where I was. Oh god, I'm sorry. I keep doing this to you guys. I, oh fuck, crazy stupid love. Oh no, Dan in real life. I'm gonna skip to that while my brain tries to figure out what I was talking about. Um, Dan in real life uses, it, it doesn't have the flashiest kind of soundtrack, but there's a part where, um, they're having a little talent show with the family and they sing the song, um, let my love open the door by, um, Peter Gabriel Townsend, Peter Gabriel, I believe. Anyway, um, the, and you know, it's supposed to be like, 
Dane Cook's character actually fucking annoys me, and I will I discuss this all the time when anyone brings up uh, Dan in real life to me because he's trying to force his love the entire fucking movie, and everything he does is he's trying to be his brother, which isn't a bad thing, you know. He's the little brother to Steve Carell, but um, like he's never actually truly truly himself, and he just says some cringeworthy things that just feel so fucking forced, um, but. That part when Steve Carell, after they're done, and Steve Carell keeps continuing on because he's singing to uh, Dane Cook's girlfriend who he met earlier in the movie, not realizing it was his brother's girlfriend. Um, And there's like a pain in it. And I feel like it's done so fucking well. You know what? And there's trailers that also really hype me up if they use the right kind of trailer. Uh, um, I'm sure everyone remembers the Logan trailer with Hurt by Johnny Cash. If that wasn't like the perfect song for the perfect representation of what that film would become, I don't know what is. Um, and of course, the, um, Marvel has some great soundtracks. I love the Awesome Mix Volume 1, but I hate the Awesome Mix Volume 2. Um, there's good songs on there, but I don't think it's nearly as good as the very first films. Uh, I just don't think the second one's that good. And that was something I, uh, I talked with a buddy about because he really wants me to do the Marvel show. And I might do that sooner than later because I, if I keep the focus on Infinity War and Endgame and we just use the past movies as references, that would probably be best. But um, the composers and every like thing they've done, of course, Iron Man's pretty easy because of Black Sabbath and who Tony Stark is. But um, Ragnarok had a fantastic soundtrack and one of the best uses of um, immigrant or immigration immigrant song uh, Led Zeppelin song, um, which Cashmere by them. Um, when I was talking about like things I remember being big, Godzilla was one of them, and it was uh, P Diddy did a song called come with me and the whole track and the whole background music was just cashmere and him rapping over it and that was a big deal because you know a rap artist doing a song for this movie that was usually like a good sign again i tried rewatching godzilla actually the 98 american uh godzilla and that movie's fucking awful i cannot fucking stand that movie it's so cheesy and i really feel bad for matthew Broderick because i do think he's a talented actor but i feel like he never found you know what that fucking Walker dropped the role of Walter White. He is one of the people considered before Brian Cranston, and he turned it down. Can you imagine where he would probably be today if he had done Breaking Bad? I love Brian Cranston, though. He's He is Walter White, and I love all things Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad has a fantastic soundtrack, by the way. Just going to throw that out there. Um, ah, man, I feel like I'm going through them this so quickly. Uh, what's that movie? Uh... Sorry, um, ugh. it's Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe always does really well with his, um, Stars Born has a great soundtrack. Um, Bradley Cooper, I thought, did really well with his singing in that. And Lady Gaga's obviously going to do well. Um, man, sorry. Ah, my nose is just so dang stuffy. I cannot remember what that fucking movie is called folks god i am i'm slacking today i'm so sorry the i already have notes for the marvel one so when i do do that don't worry 
Um, almost Famous. Almost Famous is the film. Um, that movie, again, has a great soundtrack. Um, uh, Tiny Dancer by Elton John, I always think of when they're on the bus. I, I think before or after they're almost pl- no it was it was before their plane wreck because the plane wreck plane wreck is what really gets them to like move on with their lives um but you know a good soundtrack doesn't always have to be certain songs you know or will always hear you know like i've been talking about a lot about theme songs and um there's a lot of great composers danny elfman's done so much work for, and not just tim burton films he's uh progressed out a little more um I can't think of a specific movie. Uh, He actually did a song for Home Alone 3 where he sang on that. Um, But he he does well, real real well. Um, I just keep thinking, and, you know, he did uh, Beetlejuice, which Beetlejuice, very iconic, uh, very iconic moment with the banana boat. And then you have Batman, which is probably like one of the most recognized, uh, theme songs, the that's iconic. Everyone knows it. Um, John Williams, who did star Wars, Indiana Jones. Um, he worked with, he's worked with Steven Spielberg, uh, Jaws, you know, that song, that, that, that whole thing again, they have a theme song that really takes in the essence of the entire movie, the atmosphere of the entire, entire movie, because, you know, the Jaws, and it builds up, and it gets faster, because that's how they build up the tension, because you don't see the shark until, I think, more than halfway through the movie, you do not actually see... Uh, Jaws, uh, we'll call it Jaws, um, it's the shark, but, um, and it was so effective, but it, as that song, the song slowly builds up as the tension builds up, um, and that's just an excellent, uh, use of it, and even with, like, okay, let's compare the Superman, uh, the John, I think it was John Williams who did that also, um, but again, a very, memorable uh entrance and like the superman one sounds loads loads it sounds completely different than that of um batman's the i'm not gonna do it again i'm sorry um and it's darker in tone because batman is a darker hero while superman always represents the the feat of strength um back to the future oh i don't know why i didn't mention this back to the future has a great soundtrack um, a lot of Huey Lewis and Lou's news, but every time I hear Huey Lewis and Huey Lewis in the news, I always think back to that. Um, a movie I forgot to mention: Adam Sandler's movies always have great uh, music moments, but um, Wedding Singer possibly has the best soundtrack of all of his films. But uh, so does it Fifty First Dates, which ironically him and True Barrymore are together. I I love that that soundtrack. Um. I Will Always Love You was covered by 311, which was originally a Cure song. And that song, um, I think, like, with how they kind of did a Hawaiian spin to it for 51st Dates, it really goes with um, the message, like, the whole thing of Adam Sandler, you know, even if this doesn't work, he's always going to love her. 
and but the cures you know back when it was made it was very grungy and you know it it was deep um 13 reasons why did really well with their soundtrack choices but um the killing moon for some weird reason every time i hear that i always think of this movie called the girl next door it was a movie i really loved uh in high school i need to rewatch it. it's been a long time but there were so many good moments um this year's love was when I was presented when he's losing his virginity, which I know that's weird to like, but that's like where my mind, cause it was because the whole movie is like, Oh, this girl moves in next door and she turns out to be a porn star. And it, it's a comedy, but there's like a lot of good messages and deep moments in it. Um, that's where the catch, the catchphrase I always like to think about when making decisions is the juice worth the squeeze. Uh, Timothy Oliphant's in the movie, Emil Hirsch, uh, he's a great actor. He does a lot of like indie movies, but uh, he played Speed Racer, which that's a guilty fucking pleasure movie because I love Speed Racer and I thought that movie was a lot of fun. Um, out of water, folks, but that's okay. We're almost low on time here. <laughs> we have about a minute left. Um, that this year's love and um, Teenage Wasteland is used in that movie a lot and I always and it's funny because Teenage Wasteland was I believe this uh theme song for um uh CSI New York and I never think that I always just think of the girl next door and that's actually where Paul Dano that's the very first time I I was introduced to Paul Dano was the girl next door which a lot of people aren't aware of but um yeah oh god we could really go on I'm gonna put this as part one for you guys because i would really love to talk about music more especially if you're into music and film let's talk about that more leave comments either on the facebook page you can actually leave on anchor where this is published you can leave voice memos and i can put you into the episode if you guys would like but um yeah just leave your questions uh next week's episode i'm thinking might be marvel or batman i'll let you know but in the meantime, I just want to tell you guys, I really appreciate everyone listening. I've received a lot of great feedback lately, and I'm, I'm trying to keep that same level of uh, fun and just what you guys like in here. But uh, yeah, this is made for you, and thank you all again. And please stay safe out there, guys. We're almost through this. Uh, have a good night. Stay cool.